Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. There. Hey, church, would you please help me welcome all of our locations, all of our campuses right now? We want to welcome, welcome you to this weekend, or maybe you're kind of winding up your summer travels and you're out of town and you're watching online. We're just really glad that you're joining us today as we are kicking off a brand new series and it's kind of our back to school series and it's called I Love My Church. I Love My Church. And uh, maybe you're new to Celebration, maybe it's your first time and you might be thinking like, wow, that's kind of like presumptuous, right? We're just gonna, you know, like brag about the church and talk about how much we love the church, but it's really not about that at all. What it really is about is appreciating and developing a love for God's house and aligning our heart with the heart of our Savior because Jesus loves his church. You know, when Jesus was speaking in Matthew 16, he says, you know, on this rock, the revelation that he is the Christ, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. He doesn't say a church or the church. He says, I'm going to build my church. And that word my there uh, in the Greek it's, it's a very possessive word. It's like how a parent would say about their baby or their child, this is my child, this is my baby. And what Jesus was saying is, look, this is, this is my church. And that we're all followers of Jesus. This is our church. And of course, there's the church universal, but the way that we belong to the church universal is that we plug ourselves into a local church. And so the church universal is not made up really of, of just, you know, individual believers all over the world. What the universal church is, is made up uh, are several different local churches, okay? And so what we're going to do this series is we're really going to dig in and unpack just the beauty of the house of God, uh, God's intention and God's purpose for his house, and how each one of us have a role to play in God's house and how important that is to God. Amen. And so I want to welcome you here. We're so glad that you're here today. And um, before we kind of jump into the message, I just wanted to give us a little bit of review today. I always like to talk about in a series like this, just our, our, our mission and our vision and our values. So let me remind everyone of our mission here at Celebration Church. Come on. I know most of you know it, 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 it at least the summary version of it. And that's what? God first. How easy is that to remember a mission statement, right? If you don't remember the whole sentence, just remember God first. Come on, are you excited? It's your first day in church. You know the mission of celebrate God first. And so, and if you, if you have my book, God First Life, you'll see why that's a very personal scripture to me, how I uh, began my walk with God. But our mission is we're leading people to experience a God first life. That's what we're doing is we fulfill the great commission we're gonna lead people to experience a God first life. And of course, that, of course that's out of Matthew 6, 33, where uh, Jesus says, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that you need will be added unto you. A lot of people think that life is about getting more and obtaining more and doing away with this problem and, and getting this solution, but really what life is about is order. When order is restored, blessing is released. And just the, the simple problem that people have in their lives is their lives are out of order. If we can just get this one thing right, this one simple principle, everything else will begin to line up. And so that's our mission. And so you might say, well, Stovall, okay, we're leading people to experience 
a God first life. Well, how are we gonna accomplish that here at church? Like, like what, how do we accomplish that? Well, that leads us to our vision. So our vision to carry out the, our mission is this. Our vision, and the key word here, is for you. Everybody say me. So the vision of our church, it starts with you, okay? Our mission starts with God. Now our vision starts with you, okay? We want you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. If you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference, you know what? You will be living a very fulfilling, fruitful, impactful, God-first life, and you will be leading others to do the same. Come on, can you give God a hand for that, okay? And, uh, and, and just so we're, we're gonna get in later in this series, but just so you kind of know our strategy, okay, Stovall, well, what are kind of the strategic ministry streams where these things happen primarily? Well, well, knowing God, of course, there's devotion and, and, and reading God's word, but knowing God, our primary uh, place that we do that are in our weekend services. Come on, we worship God. We experience his presence, right? We break out the word of God. We, we, we learn who God is. We, we pursue God. So we have weekend services. Well, still of all, where do we find freedom? You know, freedom is found in the context of community. So freedom is found in our groups. We believe that every single one of you should at some point during the week, because we only have one service on the weekend, okay, I got you for what, about an hour and 15 minutes? Hour 16, hour 20, you know, something like that. So, so, so doesn't it make sense that at some point during the week, you know, between the week-long hour and 15 minutes that you're here, that you're able to connect to a group of people, could be your friends. It's not, it's like where, where you're, you're, you're discussing Jesus, where Jesus is brought into the picture, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. So that's why here at Celebration, we have all different kinds of groups from athletic teams that just pray and share scripture before they go out and play and workout teams and free market groups and Bible studies and you know financial freedom groups. I mean, there's just, there's every different type of group and class and we really believe for you to live a God-first life. We weren't, we weren't meant to do it alone. Did you know that I'm, I'm in a group? Every single week I'm in a group. I said, oh, that's, man, that's my life source. That's where I work out, where I talk out kind of what God's doing with me and we share and things like that. So that's the primary thing, okay? Discover your purpose or initiating that. Where we do that is our growth track. Our growth track kicks off today and it's for the next four weeks after every single service. Now listen. This is the first step of our growth track. This is where you have an opportunity to join the church, and it also begins you on a pathway here to discovering your purpose, getting you started in that path. Now listen, some of you have been coming to church for a while, you know, and you keep putting this off. Man, I really encourage you, don't put it off any longer. You know, the very breakthrough that you've been waiting for might be connected to you going through that growth track where God speaks to you, where he gets you on the, the right path and really sets you up for a great fall. So don't, don't put that off any longer. And maybe it's your first time at church, you know, but like Sally just said, man, I know this is my church home. Don't, don't, don't put it off. Go in there today. It's 45 minutes. That's our growth track. So that's where we begin to discover our purpose. And of course, make a difference. We believe that greatness, as Jesus said, greatness comes from serving. We, it, it's really hard to kind of identify with the character of Jesus. He was a serv, servant of all, right? So it's hard to identify with the character of Jesus 
uh, if we're not serving in some way, shape, or form. So what we ask people to do is be part of a, a serving team, whether that's greeting people at the door. It, maybe you're gifted in something like, like singing, right? Maybe, maybe you're even gifted at being my organ. Come on. I definitely need somebody to sign up for this team because Jeff is... But whether, whether it's children's ministry, it's youth ministry, whether it's opening up your home, we're gonna be talking about, oh, if you're a parent, please open up your home for a riot small group. You don't have to do anything. Well, you might have to clean it when they leave, but besides that, we have the leader, we have kids, everything. I'm hosting a riot uh, uh, team in my home. So just like they said, you know, you could um, host a group, you can lead a group, um, all those things, but being on a serving team on the weekend, we want you to serve. You know, you can serve and go to church. Some people like to serve one service and, and go to the next. Uh, but this is so, so important. Can I, can I speak to you pastorally for just a second, okay? And this message is not long, but I do wanna say this, that you know, this series, it's just more pastoral. These are the things, what I'm gonna talk about in this series, these are the things that keep me awake at night. These are the things that I'm concerned about. These are the things that when I'm praying to Jesus, I'm like, Lord, I, I, hope, I hope I'm being faithful. I hope we're doing a good job here. I hope that we're stewarding people correctly and we're shepherding their souls correctly. And so that's why, you know, engaging yourself in this process is so, so important. You know, um, a famous theologian once said, or maybe it was Drake, I don't know, so if either of I get them confused sometimes. It was either a famous theologian or Drake. Okay, one of those people said, you shouldn't worry about the fear of failure because we all fail, we all make mistakes, right? What you should be concerned about is succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. So my responsibility as your pastor and pastor over all of the celebration churches, I wanna make sure that we talk about. The mo God wants you to succeed at your business and everything else, but we need to make sure that we're succeeding at the right thing, and that is knowing Jesus and making him known where you end up standing before God at the end of your life, and you hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? So let me give you a scripture uh, for this real quick, and, and we'll pray, and... Uh, let me just, where, where you can see these four things. This is Paul, this is a prayer that he's praying for the church at Ephesus and really all his churches, and it's the prayer that I pray for you. There's two prayers that Paul prays for the churches, uh, one in Ephesians and one in Colossians. We'll see both of those today because I model these. This is how I pray for you guys and what I'm praying that you engage in. Here's what Paul says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, everybody say knowledge of him. There's no God. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, enlightened, in other words, the light's turned on, what well, you were blind but now you see. There's freedom, there's finding freedom. That you may know what is the hope of his calling, there's discovering your purpose, know the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Speaking of legacy, what you do and tying it into this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? There's making a difference in this life. 
according to the working of his mighty power. So this is what I want to talk to us about for a few moments. I kind of want to talk to, to us about kind of this first step. And it's the most important thing in our entire lives, and that's knowing God. That's knowing Jesus. It's pursuing a relationship with him. So I have simply entitled this message, Know God. Know God. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, for these next 20 to 25 minutes, Lord, I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. God, I, people that, I pray that the lights would turn, on, would turn on. Lord, that people would get it. That they would see, Lord, that you have called them to know you, to find freedom, to discover their purpose, and make a difference. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen and amen. All right, let's look at a real encouraging scripture here. Ready for this one? This is in Jeremiah 29, 11. This is preached a lot, so you know, so if you've been coming to church a while, how many of you have heard this scripture? It's a real encouraging scripture, isn't it? Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Isn't that encouraging? So here's what God's telling all of us. God's saying, look, I want you to understand how I think about you. When I'm thinking about you, the thoughts that I have for you, guess what, they are all good. They're not bad. I'm not frustrated with you. I'm not finished with you. I'm not mad at you. I don't just tolerate you. I love you and my thoughts towards you all the time are good. I don't want to bring you to a bad place, but look, I wanna give you a future and a hope. Now let me put this in context a little bit and tell you why this scripture is even more powerful than probably you've thought of it before. Do you realize when God spoke this to the children of Israel, do you realize that they were a nation in judgment? They were under judgment. They were compromised, they were sinful, they had backslid, they were as far from God as they had, as they had ever been. They were worshiping idols. I mean, they were messing up. And so judgment came upon them. And this is when Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians came and they attacked uh, uh, Jerusalem and conquered it. And now they're leading all these Israelites into captivity into Jerusalem. So they're under judgment. Everything about their circumstances was telling them God is finished with us. We've messed up before. God's bailed us out, but look at this man. Now we're being hauled away to Babylon. We've been completely defeated. We've been completely conquered. That's it. God's finished with us. Now, at the same time they were thinking this because they were under judgment, it's, this is what the Babylonians were obviously telling them. Man, welcome to Babylon. That's it, no more Israel, no more Jerusalem. We total, totally conquered y'all, and you know why? Because your God is finished with you. We saw and we heard how in the past your God protected you and your God gave you great victories, but look at you now. God's finished with you, he's mad at you, that's it, that's the end. So in the midst of all of this, imagine how the Israelites are thinking. Man, we're, we're going into captivity, God's finished with us, we made all these mistakes. In the midst of all of this, guess what? God comes down, and speaks to him, and he says this, the way that you're thinking is wrong. You think what I'm thinking is that I'm finished with you. 
But can I tell you this? If you're thinking that, you have a distorted image of who I really am. That's why God has to say this. This is very unusual. God doesn't say this anywhere else in the Bible. God has to say this. For I know the thoughts <laughs> that I think towards you. Do you see what I'm saying? God's saying this. Look, you're thinking that I'm thinking bad things about you. don't know what I'm thinking. I'm God. I know what I'm thinking. I know the thoughts that I'm thinking towards you. They're not bad thoughts. They're thoughts to give you peace and a future and a hopeful end, and that is exactly what I'm gonna do. Have you ever gotten in an argument because somebody thought that they knew what you were thinking? Come on, any husbands out there, we've always, come on, here we go. You know what I'm saying? I walk in and Carrie's got on a new outfit. She's like, what do you think about this outfit? You gotta be careful, guys. You better, you better be ready. You better be ready. What do you think about this outfit? Before I say anything, she says what all women say many times. Oh, you don't think I look good in this outfit? Oh, uh, you think I look fat in this outfit? Or blah, 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 whatever it is. Here's what I wanna say. that I'm thinking about you and this dress and this outfit. You don't know them. This is, come on guys, have you gotten in trouble in one of those? Jeff's gotten in tons of trouble with those. He's been in marriage counseling for years. With that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes you're just trapped. What do you think about my new hairdo? You, you don't like it, do you? And you're thinking, well, I didn't like the other one, so compared to the other, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> you know, lesser of two evils, yeah, I like it compared to your last one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't tell Carrie that. She'll be here the next service. I won't be saying that joke then. <laughs> <laughs> so watch this. Watch why this is so important, okay? So now let's bring this, our concept of God, our image of God, let's bring this back to knowing God, okay? Because this is what is so, so important. Listen, listen, listen. Your relationship with God will always be like this. You will never really come into knowing God like you could if you don't have a healthy, biblical, true concept of who God is. If your image of God is distorted, it's gonna be so hard for you to know God because you're relating to a, 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 a false character nature of God that doesn't exist. Let me give you this statement, okay? Your concept of God is the most important thing in your ability to know God. Your concept of God is the most important thing in your ability to know God. 
Okay, so watch. If you don't think that God loves you, if you don't think that God is always for you, if you don't think that God is merciful, if you think that God, most of you know, the Bible says that God is slow to anger but quick to give mercy. Many of us think the opposite. God's quick to anger and slow to give mercy. So that's why all throughout the Bible, they're, 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 uh, here, here's what kinda I like to say, watch this. Okay, how many of you, another thing that my wife loves to do, she, she loves architecture and design and all that, so she loves like looking at houses and house plans. I'm glad that she likes looking at them and not buying them. You know what I'm saying? But, so it's interesting, she, she'll go on these websites and what it'll do is it'll show, you know, you've heard a conceptual drawing or a blueprint print or a floor plan, and it'll show the floor plan, the blueprint, and if you like it, you can kind of click a button, and then it shows you the actual image of the house. It shows you the exterior, it shows you the rooms, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's how that room looks, and oh, yeah, I, I, I see it now. Do you understand? God has given us a blueprint, the correct concept in his word for who he really is, the correct image that we are to relate to. And too many of us, watch this, we're relating to an image of God that doesn't exist because we won't believe the conceptual drawings, we won't believe the blueprint that God has laid out in his word. And I will tell you this, it is the devil's full-time job to distort the concept of God in your life. And he will use anything. You know what he uses a lot? He uses pain and tragedy. Something really bad happens. That many times wasn't your fault. You know, something really bad happens and, and, and you think, well, well, if God's so loving, why did he allow this? It's the voice of the enemy. Listen, never base God's love for you on your past or current circumstances. Always base God's love for you on what Jesus did on the cross for you over 2,000 years ago. That's, that's the filter. Didn't God say in this world we're gonna have tribulation? Didn't God say in this world we're gonna have pain? Didn't God say in this world that, that there, there's gonna be tragedy? He never promised us, promised us a long life. You know what? He promised us a fulfilled life. Jesus only lived till he was 33 years old. We live in a fallen world with a flawed humanity. And so things like, like this happened to God. So, you know, life is not fair. We talk about that all the time. That's, I, I preached on that when I preached on Jesus and race and injustice. And yes, we fight for justice and all of those things, but, but until Jesus comes back, the world is flawed, there's gonna be injustice, you're gonna get dealt a bad hand. Things are gonna happen to you that you do not, you weren't expecting, you know? I, I think one of the reasons why God has the book of Job in the Bible is to remind all of us that just because bad things happen to good people, that has nothing to do with the character and nature of God that he loves you and he rewards you. And you know what? God will always bring back multiple fold into your life anything that you lose. And if, and if, 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 if something is allowed by God, then something is allowed by God. We don't see things the way God sees them. God's dealing from eternity. Many times we lose loved ones or something like that. Look, they're happy. We're the ones that are sad. 
Are you following me? But it's a so he'll, he'll use pain, he'll use tragedy, he'll use sin. You just keep messing up. You just keep going back to that bad habit. You just keep, you know what I'm saying? And he comes in there and he's just like, I mean, God's kind of finished with you. That It's just, you feel like you're under judgment. Let me tell you something about God. We started in paradise with God and we're gonna end in paradise with God, okay? And, and the story, watch, the story of the Bible aren't these great men and women who do everything right and then they're blessed. You know what it really is? A bunch of messed up, jacked up people running from God, rebelling from God. Do I need to start in Genesis? Running and rebelling from God, but an awesome loving God that's constantly pursuing humanity even though humanity is rejecting him. That's our God. So the enemy's full-time job, he started in the garden. What did he do with Adam and Eve? Well, man, God's holding out on, he won't let you eat from this tree? Oh man, that's the best tree of all. Man, he's trying to hold you down. He's trying to, God, God's not what he's saying. I'm telling you, you eat from this tree, you're gonna be all that in a bag of chips. You, you're, gonna, you're gonna be smart like God and God's holding out on you. What is he doing? He's distorting the image of God to Adam and Eve where they begin to question, well, you know, maybe God isn't as good as we thought he was. <laughs> and then what happens? So then they sin, and then the devil takes that and turns it on them. What, you know, remember they were afraid, they hid from God, they whatever they did, tried to sew some leaves together. I, I'd love to see how that looked, or maybe I wouldn't. But anyway, you know, they felt what? They felt ashamed? Who, why do you think they felt ashamed, man? Because the devil's like, you blew it. God was so good to you. Now look what you did. You see what I'm saying? That's why he's a serpent. He's sly. He's camouflaged. And if we don't understand that it is his full-time job to distort the image of God, and here's why he does that. You know why? Because you can't know God if you don't have a healthy image of who God is. And you've got to get it out of, of your mind once and for all that, well, Stovall, I've just messed up too many times. You know, I've sinned too many times. God has to be frustrated. I mean, just look at the Bible. You know what one of the greatest proofs of the Bible is? Everybody that's like a hero of the faith was totally jacked up, like totally messed up, like not little messed up, like most of them a lot messed up. Do I have to go through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and deceivers and liars and, you know, giving their wives to pharaohs and kings and stuff like that? And how about Joseph? Okay, so, so here comes the 12 tribes of Israel. How about Joseph? Look, you might think you have a dysfunctional family. Let me just ask you a couple of questions. Is anybody in your family actively trying to kill you right now? Is anybody in your family trying to human traffic you right now and sell you into slavery? You thought you had a dysfunctional family? You ought to look in the Bible, man. You ought to look at the 12 tribes of Israel, man. You talk about dysfunction. How many of you feel a little bit better about your family? All right. 
See, many, listen, listen. You're doing better than you think. Sometimes we just gotta go to the Bible and lower the bar. Okay, well, I'm gonna, let me just see how my family stacks up against Joseph's situation with his brothers. <laughs> like I was reading the other day, you know, the heroes of, uh, heroes of faith are talking about Noah. Noah was the only righteous one and all that. Noah? You remember when Noah was drunk? But watch, he wasn't drunk. He was drunk, passed out, naked drunk. <laughs> now, come on, I'm not trying to judge anybody if you had too much to drink, but how many of you know there's a difference between drunk and passed out, naked drunk? Come on, somebody be honest right now. At two levels of drunkenness there. <laughs> passed out, naked drunk? That's like back in your college days, you know? This is Noah. He just built the ark. Like what? And just let me remind everyone, that was not Noah's first time to taste wine. You don't just taste wine for the first time and pass out naked drunk. And God called him righteous and was disappointed in the person who basically exposed him and tried to, to, to uncover that to other people. I mean, how about David? David was an adulterer and a murderer. David, if he was living in this day and age, he would be in San Quentin. He'd be on that show locked up. <laughs> Are you following me? I mean, even when we get to the New Testament, we, it, it, with, with Peter, I mean, come on, you walk with Jesus for three years, and then you're gonna go start cussing people out and deny that you've ever even met Jesus? And those are just things that the Bible tells us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh man, we get to heaven, we gonna have it all laid out. You know what I'm saying? We'll find out Noah had a bar at some point. But anyway, <laughs> here's what I'm trying to say. Listen, God is good and he loves you and he's for you. And you have to have a healthy image of who God is. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's where it all starts. And he loves you and he's for you. There's no sin. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. I'm telling you, you serve a big Jesus and a small devil. I'm telling you that the blood of Jesus covers every sin, covers every mistake, will come into your life and redeem you and bring you into a place of purpose. I gotta get my glasses. Oh man, God is good, God is good. Watch this, watch this. So let me, let me look at this scripture here. I'm gonna bring to, to the next thing here. I got about six minutes, so y'all, y'all pay attention, okay? Here's another prayer here, look. For this reason, we, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled, everybody say filled. Filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing 
in the knowledge of God. I could pull out from this passage of scripture those same four things. Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. But we're talking about knowing God, and this is what I want you to see. Look, when you see increasing in the knowledge of God and being filled with the knowledge of God. Here's what I wanna say about that. The more you know God, the more faith-filled you become. As you begin to know the person of Jesus, if you begin to, 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 to relate and communicate to this awesome, loving God and experience his presence, the more that you know God, the more faith-filled that you become. And here's what I kind of want to give us. This is one of our values. I'm going to hit these real quick before we close. But here's what I want to kind of give us a, a, a word we can maybe relate. What do you mean by faith-filled, Stovall? Here's what I mean by faith-filled. I'm going to call it biblically optimistic. Biblically optimistic. In other words, we're optimistic. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. We are biblically optimistic and now I'm just gonna call it optimistic, all right? But you know I'm talking about being biblically optimistic. That's faith-filled. Here's why we're optimistic. We're not optimistic on what we see because of what we see. We're not optimistic because of what we feel. We're not optimistic because of whatever circumstance we're in or not in. Here's why we're optimistic. We are optimistic because of who God is what God says and what he's done. You know why I'm optimistic? Because of who God is. I can look Genesis to Revelation and I can see the goodness of God and who God is and God's not gonna give up on me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, I see who God is. He is a good, loving father. I see who he is. So no matter what I'm seeing or feeling, or experiencing in my current life situation, I thank God that he is in control of my life. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. I know who God is, and he's gonna bring me through this. And then you know what else? I know what God says. I know that all things work for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I understand that in Jesus, there is suffering, there's a, but there's a fellowship. What does it say with knowing God that I might know him, Paul says? And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Here's what I know. I know when I experience pain in this life because of God, my pain doesn't go to waste. But God is gonna work something in me. I'm gonna, there's a closeness, a fellowship with Jesus at a deeper level is gonna happen because I'm processing my pain in a healthy way because I'm bringing it to God because of what he says, cast your cares on the Lord. I know that God knows what I'm going through. I know that I'm important to God. I know that I'm valuable to God. Jesus says the very hairs on my head are numbered. I know that I was formed in my mother's womb. I know that God has a plan and purpose for my life that cannot be revoked. I know that the gift and calling of God are without repentance. Do you see what I'm saying? So no matter what I'm experiencing right now in my life, thank you, Jesus. I know who you are and I know what you say. I know you're going through a health issue right now. Jesus, I know who you are, you're a healer. 
And Lord, I know what your word says. By your stripes, I'm healed. I know what your word says. You sent your word and healed them. Do you see what I'm saying? God, I know you're a redeemer. God, I know you're a forgiver. God, I know you're merciful. God, I know you're loving. God, I know you're kind. God, I know mercy triumphs over judgment. I know who you are. I know what you say. And you know what the other thing is? I know what you've done. Lord, there is a consistency to your ways. There's a consistency to your miracles from Genesis to Revelation. And Lord, you are consistent. There's no shadow of turning with you. Lord, there are no favor. There's no partiality with you. If you did it for them, those, you'll do it for me. I can see a consistency of your character of miracles and mercy and blessings and healing and redemption and making a way where there is no way of bringing joy out of depression. Come on, of bringing happiness out of sorrow. I can, I can see, Lord, it is, listen, no matter what you're going through, if you would always, the first thing you've got to process is who God is, what God says and what he's done. I don't understand this and I don't have to. You know why? Because I know who God is, what, what God says, and what he's done. That's why Proverbs 3, 5, I can trust in the Lord with all my heart. The reason I can trust in the Lord is because I know who God is, what God says, and what God's done. So I can trust in the Lord. Lean not on my own understanding. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what the facts are right now. In all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him and he will direct my paths because the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord and I'm made righteous by the blood of Jesus. Man, I'm preaching in a t-shirt from now on because it really helps my sweating problem. Let me show you this. One more thing. Last thing. Oh, let me go through. I'm going to show you our values real quick. I'm going to bring them up in another message, but because we talked about being faith-filled, faith-filled, Okay, so watch. We're knowing God, finding freedom, discovering our purpose, making a difference. Here's what the feel, here's what the image of us as the body of Christ should look like in celebration. These are our values that come from the Bible, from, from God's word, okay? We're all about Jesus. We're welcoming. We're authentic. We are diverse. We are intentional. We're God first. We're always all about Jesus. We're welcoming, not just accepting. We're welcoming, that's accepting plus hospitality, it's redemptive hospitality. Okay, that's what we see in the life of Jesus and in the early church. We're authentic, we're a flawed humanity. That's why we're not religious. That's why we're not legalistic. If you want religion, this is just not a good church for you. We don't do it well, okay? Some other places do it well, we don't do it well, okay? So look. We're authentic, we're real people, we're diverse. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about Jesus and race. We're, God's called us to be a church that looks like heaven, which is why diversity is so important to us. We're intentional. 
I'm unpacking some of that, as you'll see today in this series, how intentional we are with getting people to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, make a difference. We're faith-filled. I just talked about that. Look, we're participators. We are generous. We are others-focused. Some of you, your first step of being a participator, going from being a spectator to a participator, is going right out there and being part of the first class of the growth track. Just four classes. Don't delay. Okay. Last thing I want to say here. Look, the primary practices through which we know God are engaging the Word of God. Everybody say the Word of God. The Word of God. Prayer. Say prayer. And worship. Say worship. Okay, so watch. Watch this. Obviously, okay, so well, how do I know God, okay? Well, through these three things, primarily, Word of God, prayer, and worship, this is how we communicate with God. You can't know someone that you don't communicate with. This is how we experience God. We experience his presence. So when I talk about the word of God, that means reading, meditating. We have a devotional plan that you can get on our app. You can go to uh, you know, the, uh, the Bible U version. There's like a thousand different reading plans. You, you can do it, but you have to spending time in the word of God, hearing it, reading it, listening it, which is why it's so important to be faithful to God's house on the weekends. Come on, how many of you, be honest, how many of you are thankful that you came to church today so that you can experience God and receive his word? So that's why we value faithfulness in God's house. And do you notice this? I want you, just so you'll know, talking about intentionality. So do you know this? Think about the, think about the model prayer, okay? When Jesus taught us how to pray, what did he say? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What is Jesus doing? Before you get into talking about your sin or whatever else is going on in your life, I want you to get the right biblical healthy image of who I am. First and foremost, I'm your Father, a Father who loves you, okay? Think about the way that we do our church services. You know why right at the beginning we worship God? So we can, when we do our very best here at Celebration and everything we do, we do our very, very best since it's the enemy's number one job to distort the concept and image of God. We do our very, very best to give you the true biblical image of God every single week. That's why we start with worship and we sing songs like, you're a good, good father. We sing songs like today, mercy triumphs over judgment. We sing all those songs, what are we doing? We're getting the right image of God before all of us so that we can know him and relate to him appropriately. Do you know why we called Celebration Church Celebration Church? Because we, there's a lot to celebrate when you have the right image of God. We're not celebrating ourselves, our problems, and all the stuff that's wrong with us and the world. We're celebrating God and what's right about God and who he is. We wanted to give a name to the church that, 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 that promotes a true, healthy, good image of God because that's who he really is. Okay, so watch the word of God, prayer, and worship, okay? So now I'm really gonna close. This is my third closing. Listen, this week, church, we have prayer week, okay? We do this a couple of times a year, and the reason that we have prayer week, it's, you know, we do it in January, and we do it kind of back to school. The reason that we have prayer week is to help you, 
you know, maybe there's been inconsistency or you've been out of routine over the summer, is to help you get engaged and establish a routine on what's most important, and that's knowing God. Why is prayer so important? Because without prayer, you can't have intimacy with God, and you can't exercise your authority as a believer. Some people think, well, you know, God, uh, you know, he knows what I'm thinking, so, so won't he just do it? No. That's why Jesus taught us how to pray. You have to exercise your authority and speak it and pray it into existence, into the earth. That's why Jesus said what? Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it shall be done, and nothing shall be impossible to you. That's why the Bible says what? Submit unto God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. When is the last time you've resisted the devil? You think, you know, the devil's just all up in your family, all up in your business. You just think he's gonna be like, oh well, kinda done my thing here. I'm gonna roll on out of here. Do you see what I'm saying? No, this is what Jesus gave us authority. God's not gonna do for us what he's given us authority to do ourselves. Do you understand the reason why Jesus had to come in the flesh is the spoken word. That word of salvation had to be spoken through a person. That's why God had to come in the flesh to redeem man. That's why the Bible says, if you what? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Part of prayer is the proper confession of who God is, what he says, and what he's done. Confessing that into the atmosphere so that we can take authority as the children of God. Come on, over our lives, over our families, over the kingdom of God, we gotta pray. We gotta pray first. Jesus said, Jesus said his house will be a house of prayer. So you know what we're gonna do? This week, we're gonna be praying for all of our church. This week, we're gonna be praying for your friends and family. Let me ask you this. How many of you have a friend or relative that you could invite to church or bring to church that you know needs God, needs salvation, needs Jesus in their lives? Raise your hand right now. I hope all of you do. I hope all of you do. You know what I'm asking you to do? I'm gonna ask you over this series to invite that person to church. And you know what, if they say no, that's why I wanna give you the whole month. You invite them this Sunday, hey man, come meet me at church or whatever. They say no, you just say, what about next week? Try to bribe them. Try to, do, well, what, can, what, can, what can I do for you? You know, like a used car salesman. What do I have to do to you to put you into this seat today? Because the rest of this month, I promise you this, and that's why Celebration Church, you know we're not spooky. We don't, we're not weird. This is where, this is the environment, man, where we're real and it's, it's conducive for people to know God. And here's what I believe. If you, get it, if you get that person in a seat, there's a very good chance that they're gonna surrender their life to Jesus. But you've gotta get them in that seat. And you know what else I'll say? It's gonna be hard for you to really understand the vision of celebration until you have someone sitting next to you that needs Jesus. That when they're sitting next to you, it's gonna click you. Okay, I see 
why we do things the way we do on Sunday. I see why we do this. So I'm saying on your connection card, you, you don't, I mean, you can put their name or you cannot put their name, but you put that, we're gonna pray for them. And, and uh, every single day this week, everyone who's inviting people to church, everybody who's, who's gonna uh, bring someone, if you raise your hand, I'm gonna ask you to do that. Be part of Prayer Week, it'll be broadcast. You can come to a physical location or you can tune in on the web every morning at 7.30, amen? Here's what I wanna say, last thing, and remember this, church, remember this. The stuff I'm talking about today, this is the stuff that matters. You being a true follower of Jesus. So let's make some shifts today and begin to live a life that's really gonna make a difference for God, amen? Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. Father, each and every one of us would have a healthy image, a healthy uh, uh, concept of who you really are. With every head bowed and every eye closed, how many of you'd say this? You'd say, Stovall, I'm far from God today and I just need a fresh start with Jesus today. I need a fresh start with God today. Would you lift your hand wherever you are? I want you to raise it high. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, many hands are going up. You can put them down. How many of you would say this? You'd say, Stovall, I, I've had an unhealthy view of God in some areas. I, I struggle with condemnation. And, and from this day forward, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the right healthy view of who God is. He's a good God. If that's you, would you just lift a hand where you are? Hands are going up all over the place. Let me pray for you right now. Church, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer. Let's all, just all repeat this prayer as a declaration of faith. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus. I surrender my life to you. Lord, I thank you for forgiving me for all of my sins. And God, I thank you that you're a good God. Lord, I follow you. And Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. And amen, church. Come on, give God a big, big hand. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.